Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations can begin. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Marcus Donaldson and Elder, maybe Supreme, uh, Todd Sutherland. We don't know if we're going to keep that nickname, but it's it's stuck for now. How I didn't think it was up for debate until you just you know raised well, I, the issue. I think I've been demoted after Adam preached a couple of weeks ago. He may have <laughs> he may have taken the top spot. I'm not there sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Marcus, you continued our series in uh, Romans, starting chapter 5. There's some discrepancy on which verse you ended at, so can you clarify that for the audience today? Uh, To the best of my memory, it was uh, verse 4 that we ended on. Great, great. So, yeah, why don't you take, take us into a recap from Sunday's message? Yeah, so we... We were in the section where, where Paul, um, he instructed or explained justification by faith alone. Um, then he drew out the implications, and we spent all of chapter 4 in his illustration of justification by faith alone, um, looking at Abraham and how God justified Abraham by faith alone. He ended chapter 4 by saying that we're justified the same way, uh, through faith in Christ. And so here in chapter 5, what he begins with, right, it's, it's the beginning of this section, is um, something that can be so fleeting for uh, Christians, and that's assurance. Um, and assurance, I think, is hard for a few reasons. One, um, because we're, we're not as good as we should be. Um, we're not obedient as we should be. We don't have as much faith as we should. Um, and then secondarily, what our works-based culture um, promotes or maybe like indirectly encourages is you know you you get what you what you earn yeah you know so um, I think the justification by faith alone it, it's not only um, it's not only problematic or contradictory completely to any sort of works-based righteousness system Um but it's also troublesome for uh, 21st century Christians, and I think this has been a struggle for a long time anyways. Um, so here he, he's talking about assurance, and really he's drawing out the, the application of justification by faith alone. And we've, we considered really in uh, verses 1 through 11 three dimensions of justification by faith alone. Yeah. So you could say blessings, you could say results, um, I don't think it's it's necessary to split hairs there, but what we talked about were um, in the first four verses were the the present results of justification by faith alone, and that was peace, grace, and hope. Great, yeah, Todd. Why don't you give us some of your takeaways from the message? Yeah, Marcus, what was that? Uh, what was that statement you said a couple of times? I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it, but something about our our. Uh, how saved we are doesn't depend on how we're working lately, but yeah. can you reiterate that statement? I don't remember the statement. Oh, man, but I can't I remember agree. it exactly. It, it, you said it a few times, and it, it was something to the effect of uh, how saved we are and how justified we are doesn't have anything to do with... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, so like if we're justified by faith in Christ, um, like the the perseverance of the saints, right? Like our right. ability to stay saved does not depend on our um, our works. Doesn't it, like we're not saved by grace through faith and then preserved by our That's own it. efforts. That's it. You said yeah. we're not saved through faith and then preserved by our works. Yeah. 
that's what stuck with me. So, so I have I haven't had a chance yet to be on the podcast since we've been in Romans, and my goodness, I I could spout off for a while here because it really has struck me. Um, first of all, I want to kind of looking backwards. I want to say that it, it it's. The, the gospel means good news, mm-hmm. but man, it really is good news because the best news I've ever heard is that I'm justified by faith yeah. through Christ. Amen. Because if it was dependent on me, I am so wishy-washy. Yeah. I'm up one day and down the next, and then my emotions take over, and I'm like, man, <laughs> am I? is this even real? Is right. this really happening? But because we're justified by faith, it doesn't... We don't have to try to preserve our savedness. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's not a word. <laughs> uh, so for me, that that's such good news. And the, and the whole story of Abraham from chapter 4, wow. Um, he was justified before there was a law. Right. That That's just such good. That really is the gospel. It really is good news. Yep. Because at the end of the day, it's what God does for us, not what we can do for him. That's it. It's not dependent on us. It's dependent on him. And then and then we depend on him after for our works and out of humility and gratefulness. Yep. And, man, when you look at it from that perspective, for me, it's so different. Yeah. And, that, and that's the beauty of the assurance that we can get in these verses is the assurance of your salvation is did you that's it yeah your phone goes off (laughs) did you accept christ through faith yes your salvation is preserved yep there's your assurance i love that so much yeah that's good and i i really liked how you broke down how each of these things grace hope and peace were presently benefits for the believer Mm -hmm. you know like i'm you know we talked about on the for the sermon application team this past friday about how you'll you'll go into kind of the the past and the future uh, as well but like talking about how you have we we have access to this grace and to the direct access to the lord presently we have access to the hope of glory presently and and same with this peace we have and this objective peace with god who we were enemies and we had enmity with God, but we ha- presently have this peace that it, it cannot be taken away from us. We have this objective peace, and like that is our status before God in Christ. And I thought that was just so crucial for for us to know. Is like yes, we we know about the songs about you know having faith in God and things like that. But how often do we revert to that mindset of like oh we've got to be preserved? by our works oh we've had a a poor day it's not great you know you know what do we do now type of thing so um yeah why don't you just start us off by taking us into um that first benefit of uh the objective piece i thought that was really fascinating when you brought that up yeah paul says in uh verse one therefore since we have been justified by faith right this is past tense since we have in the past been justified by faith that the the moment that you repented of your sins and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, God declares you righteous or justifies you. Um, and we talked about how that works and, and how he imputes Christ's, uh, Christ's righteousness to the believer's account. Um, and so moving on, he says, we have, just like you were talking about, we have currently, presently, peace with God um, through our Lord Jesus Christ. So 
just a few things. Justified by faith, there's no and after that. There's no faith and works. There's no faith and anything else. By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, this peace here, right, there's... This is an objective piece, like you were just mentioning. It's not a, it's not a feeling. It's a fact, mm-hmm. right? It, it's something that's that's true whether we feel it or not, um, and and that's important to uh, keep in mind. You're you're you have peace with God because you have been justified. He's justified you through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to get confused with. Um, the peace of God. Yeah, that's that subjective feeling. That's um, the the peace that allows the Christian to to sing uh, it as well in moments where everything else would evidence otherwise. Yeah, and I guess like the kind of way that really s- like stuck with me was with the objective peace was just the I- the idea of like you know like the U.S. is at peace with someone like Canada. Like, we're not at war with Canada. There's not any threat any anytime soon about a, a war with Canada or anything like that. We have this objective peace. Like, there's there's peace there. And, and you really brought up about how we were enemies, you know, and uh, I think we, we got into a conversation about it on Friday as well, about how, you know, sometimes the, the Christian speak can turn into, oh, God rescued me from Satan and the, the depths of hell, and he rescued me out of my old life. And it was like, I was just a passive prisoner. You, you, you were mentioning that. But no, we were actual enemies of God going against his plan. Yeah. And now we have this objective peace, just like, you know, with any of our allies in the, in the U.S., like we will not be fighting against them. God is like on our side fighting with us and for us. So as a as a longtime Christian, um, what what this series has really brought to the forefront of my mind is how is the difference of ongoing learning and discipleship. Because let let's say you are saved, and let's say you don't continue to learn in depth, and you don't continue to study things like Romans. How would you know of your assurance? Mm-hmm. How how would you work that out? Yeah. The, the way to work that out, the way to know, the way to know that you're at peace with God is to study the Word, to get in there and to find the stuff, and He has it in there for us so we can know for our benefit. Right. So that's what's beauty, beautiful to me is, it, let's say you're a new Christian. Let's say you've been saved a few years, whatever. You can get way ahead of the curve of most people by getting in the Word and figuring this stuff out, and it's there for us. We just have to dive in there and find it. So I love that. I love that we can be that we can know we're at peace with God and know we have assurance. We don't have to sit around at night awake and wonder about it. Yeah, that's huge because so many Christians take some of the first steps and then don't grow. Yeah, and that that's what this is doing for me right there. Praise God. Yeah. So what about the next one? We have hope. No, grace. Grace. Um, verse two. Through him we also, or through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Right. So this, we we stand in grace, and and again, it's through Christ. There's there's no other way to have peace with God except through faith in Christ. There's no way to experience 
the peace of God except through faith in Christ, and there's no way to stand in grace um, except through faith in Christ, through him. Um, and this is present, or present tense. We have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand presently, objectively. Yeah. Right? It's, it's permanent and immovable. Um, we stand in God's grace. And again, when we talk about peace, when we talk about grace, um, these are objective realities, but that never, <clears throat> that never um, removes or reduces the fact that God disciplines whom he loves, that, that we are in a, a world um, that is uh, hostile to God and his values. And so we're going to experience not only uh, well I guess we could wait for the next one to talk about that but um, <clears throat> anyways we we stand in grace it's an objective reality we we can't walk away from it we can't unearn it or anything else it's it's something that Jesus Christ has won and through him uh, we receive and and what he, Paul is pointing to here is this this present hope of a of a future reality, right? It's it's the, the glory that we are going to share uh, in Christ. When we, when we talk about glorification, right? So justification, sanctification, glorification being the last thing when we see the Lord face to face, when we see him as he is, John says in uh, his first epistle there at the, the end of the Bible. But um, when then we'll be perfected, we'll, we'll uh, receive all of um, the fullness of God's glory as we as we um, are co-heirs in Christ. You have anything to add, Todd? I'm just I'm just really glad that we get to stand in that grace, whether yeah. we feel like we deserve it or not. Because I mean, I've always been one who who struggled with guilt, and and if I, I've in the in the hundredth podcast or whatever it was a long time ago now, I talked about my church background and where I come from from a very very legalistic society and you know that a lot of guilt comes along with that if you don't approach it right. And man, is it awesome to know! I know, like like you said, Marcus, God's going to chase in those that He loves. It's not that it's not that we're not going to get the spankings that we deserve, like you were talking about. It's that we know we stand in God's grace. Mm-hmm. And that it's something we can't deserve, and like you said, it's something we can't unearn, and that that's amazing news because it's there. We just have to realize it. Yeah. And and it says and it says right after that and rejoice and and I think it's talking about in the next part and rejoice in the hope of God, but we should rejoice that we stand in God's grace. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you brought up you know Hebrews four sixteen mm-hmm. here. And I'm just going to read it. It says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And um, I guess I just have a question based on that because you're talking about this this grace in which we stand that we can draw near, we have access to the Father to call upon this grace. Like I guess the, the biggest question for people like, I mean, like Todd, like you were talking about, like you, you struggle with guilt, and like even in my life, I've struggled with that as well. Like, how do we as Christians actually go about doing that? And like, I guess is the how question for me of like how to draw near with that confidence. I, I think it's 
it's resting in the fact, you know, I would consider first, like, what are the threats to that? Yeah. You know, and, and what you're talking about guilt. Um, and it's not, I would say not guilt about what someone else is doing or about whatever situation is going on somewhere else in the rest of the world that makes us feel guilty. Um, it's our own sinfulness, our inability, um, to live the way that God calls us to live. Um, you know, at whatever point, whether it be anger or, or some other uh, sinful attitude, action, or behavior, that's what makes us feel guilty, and we should feel guilty if the Holy Spirit is living in us. Um, so I think what prevents us from or threatens our ability to draw near with confidence to the throne of grace um, is is this works-based mentality, Yeah. right? Like... Um, my performance prohibits me from drawing near. My um, my inability prevents me from from drawing near with confidence. You know, so I, I think um, how to is is to read the word, to pray. Like you know, it it's not cliche and it's not um, just a a cheap saying. But remind yourself of the gospel daily. Preach it to yourself daily. Right, because it's in doing so, you remind yourself daily um, what Jesus did when He died on the cross and rose again. It's um, something that we could never do. And again, just to reiterate what we were talking about earlier, it's not human effort that that preserves us in this grace, in this hope, and everything else. Um, so, yeah, I would just say, remind yourself of the gospel daily. Hey, Josh, would you read that verse for me in Hebrews one more time? Yeah, Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I think a lot of times we hear things about our faith and we hear uh, things like we have grace, we have objective peace, but do we truly have confidence in that? How do we gain confidence in that and something like that? Mm-hmm. That verse is a command. It says, boldly go yep. before the throne and seek grace yep. with repentance. It, it makes me think of, remember those shows from 10 or 15 years ago where they had like the ultimate couponers? Yeah. Where those guys would come in and they had like a stack of 100 coupons and they would just boldly walk up there and boom, chunk them down on the counter. And at the end of the day, what was supposed to be $200 was, you know, four ninety five, and everybody claps and they walk off. But what it makes me think of is boldly approaching the throne, knowing that because of what the work that Christ has done for us by justification, we have this grace and we can boldly approach the throne, not nervously or like, man, I wonder if God will forgive me this yeah. time. No, if we confess our sins, he yep. is faithful and just. Amen. So boldly go before the throne because there is grace and he does love us and his love does not change mm. according to our actions. Um, like we said, he will chasten us, but that's a good thing. It's to yep. bring us back into the fold. It's to bring us back into right standing with, with God. So that, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Very cool. All right. What about the, the final one there? Hope, hope and glory. Yeah. So hope really frames this whole thing up. Um, and and hope is really what what informs the rest of this passage, 
And so it, it's hope that um, when we talk about it, right, all of these topics, actually, all of these subjects, um, peace, grace, and hope, I, I think have always been undermined or undervalued or confused or diluted. Um, so hope here, when when we're talking about it, and I said it on Sunday, it's not the same as saying, I hope the Braves are going to win the World Series this year. Um, you know, that's wishful thinking, and that's not what the New Testament is referring to when, when it's talking about hope. That's not what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about a, a certain hope, um, and that, that certain hope being that we don't we don't need to worry about um, standing before God and being judged guilty if we are in Christ. We've been justified. We've been declared righteous. Christ's righteousness has been imputed to our account. Um, so it's it's this beautiful, um, rich thing which I'm trying not to punch into next week. But we he gives us a subjective reason here, and then um, an objective reason. Uh, in the in verses six through eight, so uh, what that means is he he grounds it in not just our subjective experience, but in uh, an objective historical reality, which is the the death of Christ on the cross. Um, but anyways, we're talking about hoping in God's glory, um, and again, it's you know as co-heirs receiving. Um, the the inheritance that is due Christ as as a co-heir, um, seeing him face to face. But what that led us to on Sunday was that in the present, right, a godly hope leads to um, a godly perspective in present suffering, right? Like when we're talking about, um, there's a lie I would say that says that. The Christian life is all sunshine and rainbows. If you're living it victoriously, um, that you know, come to Christ and everything will be easy. Um, and we say it here somewhat regularly. Often, I'll say that um, that the cross precedes the crown, and and that's important for us to remember because if we don't have a a biblical perspective on the Christian life, we're going to experience suffering, trials, and tribulations, and be mad at God because we think that they're somehow undeserved or he's just being cruel or he's mad at us or whatever the case may be. Um, but we know that in the world that is, uh, that is hostile to God is going to be hostile to those who are in Christ, to God's children. And it's to the degree that we live out his values uh, that will be uh, that will suffer. And um, the Bible's pretty clear on that. So we just talked about three points of, um, or three points on suffering. The first being suffering is a normal part of the Christian life. Um, God uses suffering to accomplish his purposes, and his purposes can be trusted. And then the third, suffering includes all the difficulties of life. So, um, yeah, this this very certain hope, it it leads us to rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that at the end of the day, um, God is going to glorify us, right? Um, that that we will be declared righteous, that we will be perfect as Jesus is perfect when we see Him as He is, um, and so that allows us in the present to endure, um, and more than just endure, but to rejoice in all that we encounter here. 
Yeah, that's good. I, I love how it says there, it says, and, and we rejoice in the hope of glory, uh, hope of the glory of God, but not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. So, you know, it's not just the Christian life of like, oh, I've got eternity in heaven, I'm set there, but I've just got to struggle through life. I've just got to make it through, sit here and, you know, grin and bear it until the, the Lord comes back right. or, I go, um, or I go to him. But we can and we get to rejoice in our sufferings. Like, you know, um, I think there's like tons of other religions and um, worldviews out there that it's all about escaping the suffering or having a solution for the suffering. Yep. You know, but who else can say that they get to, that they can rejoice in their suffering? So I think that's just such a pivotal uh, mindset shift for the Christian. Yeah. Um, And again, in, in... in the culture that uh, we live in, it, I would say it's more than just religion. It's it's culturally ingrained yeah. uh, to make things easier and more convenient um, to escape everything, no matter uh, if you have to sacrifice your values and um, the principles that you live by. And in our case, they would be hopefully um, God's values expressed in scripture. So, um, yeah, it's. I don't know if it's escapism, um, generally, but yeah, we we try to run from it. But it's like, you, like you train a muscle, resistance trains muscles. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, suffering is one of the ways by which God increases our faith yeah. and our hope. Yeah, I feel like. The first, the first, you know, four or five chapters here, uh, a lot of people, you've heard of the Romans Road, and it's a lot of how he explains how to accept Christ. We will take a, a, somebody who we're trying to lead to Christ, and we'll go through the Romans Road and explain their need for a Savior, how they can believe. And I think he sets all that up, and then here he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, and what he's saying now is, I think you, you nailed it, Josh, he, he's trying to change our mindset he's trying to change our it's all about perspective it's about now that you've been saved here's how to look at this stuff you know you have grace to stand on and rejoice in the hope of the glory of god rejoice in your sufferings he's he's throwing out a new perspective nobody's thought of yet but if you are suffering then god's working on you and if, and if you're not suffering, he's saying, you know, why not? What's wrong? And I think that to as a human and to not be a Christian, to think of, man, I should rejoice in suffering would be ludicrous and crazy. But from this perspective that he's painting here, he's saying that when you are suffering, God is working on you, like Marcus just said, and it's producing endurance and character and hope. And uh, it's just a, this is the kind of stuff like I was talking about a minute ago. This is the next step after salvation is, is learning how to actually be a Christian. And if you're trying to be a Christian and you're, and, you're, and you're suffering and all you can think of is, God, why am I suffering? Why is this happening? Why are you doing this to me? How many times have we heard somebody say, why would a good God let something this bad happen? Why would that happen? Well, I got news for you. Christians die of cancer. It happens. Yep. It, it is what it is. Uh, we, we suffer so we can produce endurance, so God can work through us. And it's just an interesting—to me, it's very interesting 
to learn to see from this perspective because it's not natural. Mm -hmm. It it really goes against our instincts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just on a personal level, like I, I really needed this reminder this week of, um, rejoicing and suffering because I was in that mindset of like, oh, why? So a little transparency, I may have totaled another car. Uh, I think I, we told the listeners Well, you that. didn't total it. But I was involved in the accident, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm not driving a car right now. And I am just spent like all week last week just saying, oh, why has this happened? And like I've been telling people, it's like the issue hasn't, it hasn't really been my worry about finding another car. <laughs> the the issue for me has been just the like the bitterness of just asking like why is this happening all over again and really that's that's a question that I have for God and that I'm not rejoicing in that trial and that that's been revealed to me this week of like no just change your perspective on that instead of being bitter about it it's like seek what the Lord is doing in this situation and and rejoice in it as he works through it you know and and look for all the ways that he is working through it uh so that's been something that's been um really helpful for me this week from this message so yeah and last thing i would just say something that that we're assuming here is that when some scholars look at um the word sufferings here they few interpret that to mean you know uh, our witness for Christ, right? So, like, if if we are a faithful witness for Christ in the world, um, that's the suffering that he's talking about. When people um, react hostily towards yeah. um, towards that witness, and and we would just say, um, I think that a, a more a more comprehensive view shows that the, this is everything from cancer to car accidents um it's we see it later in romans uh, eight thirty five, like what shall separate us from the love of christ and then he lists a bunch of different things um, so we know that one that every person will experience th- these things in their lifetime making uh, the point that the christian isn't immune to it but that the suffering when we talk about suffering there's you know being specific or suffering because you're a Christian, and then secondarily, all of the other natural um, consequences of of being in the sinful world. Yeah. So, so taking that uh, translation that you're saying right there, go back to what I said a minute ago, and and what what about if you're not suffering? That means you're not sharing the word. Yeah. It means you're not sharing the gospel. Yeah. The enemy's not after you from that perspective. Yeah, the question has to be like, and I mean, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say you're not, um, but I think it may be good evidence that, that you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's um, – we should rejoice in sometimes the fact that we're not suffering. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, if – if you if you suffer too much, um, I think it, it lends itself to like martyrdom cults and suffering cults and um, some of the things that were bubbling during the first century. But anyways, my my point being um, that we we should be thankful for and, and rejoice in everything that God gives us, especially um, in those difficult seasons of life, because yeah. we can. 
the Christian can say, I have peace with God. I have, I, I stand in his grace. Um, and if I'm going through something, it's not because he's unable or unwilling to change it. It's because he wants to grow my faith. It's because he wants to increase my hope. It's because he wants to get my claws out of, you know, the, the pleasures of this world that I so easily um, fall into yeah. or, or even like run into. Um, it's because there's somebody in this world that I need to reach. Um, for his glory and and I think when when we maintain or develop and maintain that perspective which is hard um, we'll begin to look more and more like Christ yeah all right any final thoughts or encouragements for the listener before we close out today Because you have been justified by faith, speaking to the Christian, realize what God has done for you and realize that times are not always going to be perfect. You're going to suffer if you're sharing the gospel eventually in some way. Learn through that. Rejoice in that. And let God build your character and and the hope, produce the hope in you. And... uh, this has been a really, for me, it's been a really challenging and a really fun book. And I do mean fun because there's a lot of good news in this mm-hmm. so far in these chapters. Yeah. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. So I'm glad I was able to get in here this morning. For sure. Praise God. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure to get you on some more soon. Maybe maybe for like a Roman 7 or something like work that. Work back up to that <laughs> yeah. supreme status. Yes. That's right. I got <laughs> yeah. to work it back up. Yeah, as we're talking about how, you know, it's not based on work. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, listener, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you can join us in person. We have uh, Wednesday nights coming back up on August 16th at 6.30 p.m. We'll be starting those. uh, And then uh, continuing on at City Church Gainesville on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. But listener, thank you so much again. Until next time.